Hallelujah. Well, do you believe in miracles? Yeah. All right, I do too. Hallelujah. Last week, um, I, I try to take advantage of, uh, of all the events and things that go on during this time of year, you know, with Rodeo Bible Camp and with VBS and, and many of the other outreaches that we're involved in. Um, and I take some time and talk about the importance of evangelism or the importance of uh, reaching beyond ourselves. Uh, you know, each year kind of come at it a little bit different. And last week started talking about uh, just influencing our world and what it means to influence. And uh, so uh, I want to do kind of a part two on that today and uh, just some things I want to kind of sum it up, wrap it up here today, and uh, at least in that area of it. And um, so I'm going to put, uh, put Mark 16 on the board, if you will. And we're going to, it's going to be, uh, this here is what's referred to uh, most of the time as the Great Commission. Amen. And we're going to just kind of start there and kind of spin off of this today. Mark 16, I might as well get to it here. Uh, praise God. Now, the Great Commission, the word commission, by the way, uh, means uh, given a charge or an assigned an order. All right. It means to be uh, entrusted with a mandate. Amen. So God has entrusted us as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, have, has entrusted us with a mandate. Amen? Yes. Now, um, whether you're you know, involved in evangelism in some way, shape, or form or not um, is irrelevant. We're all called to it. Right. We're all called to be a difference maker somehow or another. We're not all called to do the same thing. Brother Scott brought that out. Not everybody's called to the prison. Uh, they're not. And if you're not, please don't go. Not everybody's called to pastor. If you're not, please don't, for the sake of all mankind. Amen. Um, but, you know, some people are called to the streets. Some people are called uh, to certain uh, groups. I brought out last week, you know, talked everything from hands up to, uh, to our, uh, uh, you know, our, our road crews. Everything, every bit of that's about evangelism. It's really about putting our name out there is making a difference, praise God. Rodeo Bible Camp, I says, I brought out last week, amen? Don't put me on no, no horse with four legs. It ain't going to work. I don't want to be on it. I have no use for it. I, one time uh, uh, I was asked to do a wedding, and they wanted me on horseback. That's all I'm going to say about that. <clears throat> no, it was all good, you know. It's just uh, they brought a horse out, and they, I said, what's his name? He said, Lightning. I thought... But he was an old lightning, <laughs> had a back that dipped, just perfect, just fit me right on there. Put on some handlebars, big apes up here, we'll be okay, <laughs> praise the Lord. Anyway, we'll leave it alone. But anyway, uh, that, was, uh, that was about as far on a horse I wanted to go. In fact, uh, uh, the brother that owned the horse actually walked me out into the arena. Yeah, it was... Real impressive. But, amen. But people like Rod and Amy, they love the horseback. Come on, somebody. Amen. A lot of them folks, they enjoy that. And uh, that's part of their, uh, you know, that's what they're about. And so uh, they're relevant with those kids, amen, that enjoy that, praise God. Amen. And we try to be as relevant in any area that we're called to 
uh, whatever outreaches that we're involved in, praise God. And so we actually do quite a bit of outreaches. And as we found out last week, you have 84 salvations and uh, VBS and 35 and Rodeo Bible Camp. And uh, we had a gentleman get saved last night and the week before we had about 14, was it? Or how many? 14 and 22 recommitments last week. So, I mean, it's, so anyway, the point being is, you know, just in the last couple of weeks, we've had nearly 150 people that, that came into the kingdom or recommitted their hearts toward Christ. Amen. And so that's, that's good news. Come on now. It's good news. That's what this is what it's about. Amen. Or one of the reasons for, for it. So anyway, so the Great Commission. Let's look at it here. Uh, verse 14 says this. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief. Now, that's a good way to start the Great Commission verse. Come on, right? But I just wanted you to know how serious he was about what he said. A lot of times we don't read verse 14. We just jump straight to verse 15. And you have to understand he, you know, all that happened after the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension, and now he's now with these men, and and uh, you know they had all they'd all booked it on him. They'd all, you know, the pressure was on, and they all ran. It wasn't just it wasn't just Judas that denied him. They all denied him. Right. Come on, somebody. So now here he is sitting, you know, eating and partaking with them, and, and he gets on them. He rebukes their unbelief, and, he, and, he called, and their hardness of heart, their calloused heart, all right, because they did not believe those who, uh, when they had seen him uh, after he had risen. And he said to them then, so I just want you to know the context of what's being said here. Go into all the world. Amen. Be a difference maker. Climate controller, atmosphere adjuster, environment influencer, suburb swear, community changer. Amen. That's what we're called to do. Amen. And so go into all the world and make a difference. So he tells you how you can do that. Well, one's preach the gospel, the good news to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs, everybody say signs. And you just have to understand that this is just another way of, of influence, all right? And these signs will follow those that believe. Any believers in the house today? Yes. Okay, these are signs that should follow us. In my name, they'll cast out demons. It still happens. They'll speak with new tongues. It still happens. They will take up serpents. And that doesn't mean that they play with snakes. Come on now. It just means literally to take up or take away serpents. That's actually where you see a good example of that in the uh, tail end of the book of Acts when Paul uh, was uh, uh, finding wood for the fire, and a, and a viper went up and bit him on the hand, and it was a poisonous viper, obviously, and uh, the, uh, the people of that island were just watching him, thinking for sure he's going to fall over dead because of what bit him, and he just shook it off and went on, and pretty soon it changed from watching him die to all of a sudden, man, we better listen to what this guy has to say, amen. So this is, this is an example of what that's talking about. Okay, they will take up servants if they drink anything deadly or eat anything deadly. That's why, you know, we pray over our potlucks. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. Uh, it, it will be uh, no means, it will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. He's still doing that, right? Uh, Daniel 11 says, uh, uh, you know, those that know God, the people that know God, His people that know, know Him, amen, will be strong. And carry out great exploits. Amen. Well, what's the purpose of all that? The purpose is to make a difference. It's about influence. Amen. So it goes on, verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, uh, he, re- he was received up into heaven. Now listen, this is key here. And sat down. Everybody say, sat down. Sat down. What's that mean when you sit down? It means you're done. Come on now. He sat down 
at the right hand of God, which speaks of a place of authority and dominion. And they went out, so the ones he was talking to, so now they're going out, amen, and they preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word, in other words, what he had just said, he confirmed it through the accompanying signs. In other words, as they went out and did it, he did it. Come on, somebody. But the point is, amen, that I want, to, I want to bring out there is the fact that, that he sat down there. So now he's, you know, he, he did what he was called to do. That's why he was being so serious with them about going out there and being a difference maker. Because guess what? You are what he has to use to make a difference. Amen. You know, some people, you know, in fact, uh, you can go to the book of uh, Romans and, and uh, you know, they say, you know, uh, try to, you know, call him back up from the grave or call him down from heaven. And how many know it ain't going to happen? Come on. Jesus already paid a price. Come on. He, he don't have to die again for anybody. Come on, somebody. He don't have to come back down. He, he's already given you dominion, already given you authority. Are you still with me? Now, I read this for this reason because of where we're going today. All right. Praise God. So Psalms 110, please. Psalms 110. And we'll spend probably the rest of our time with that one, all right? Psalms 110. All right, did you come to receive today? I know the time. Don't worry about it. If you work with me, praise God, we'll get through this real quick. Amen? If you don't, we will be here a long time. No, no, we'll we'll be quick. Praise God. Amen. All right, the Lord said to my Lord, okay, so Jehovah said to my Messiah, okay, that's actually, so there's two, okay, so it's God talking uh, to the Lord, all right, to our Lord, amen, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool, okay, this is the most quoted verse in the Bible, 18 times this is quoted in the New Covenant, parts of this verse are quoted in the New Covenant, 18 times. Obviously, something being said here. Come on, somebody. Sit at my right hand. So in other words, what we just read there, amen, that he ascended, sat down at the right hand. Because Why? Because it was prophesied that this would happen. You went and paid the price. Now, sit down in the place of authority, amen, and God said this, till I make your enemies your footstool. Come on, somebody. Now, um, your enemies, okay, enemies, foes. Um, things that you need to overcome, uh, demonic influences, all kinds of stuff out there. We could, that word enemies is pretty broad when you look it up, okay? And it says, until I make your enemies your footstool. In other words, they're going to be beneath your feet. Come on, somebody. How I many know that's, what that's referring to? It just wants you to know, okay, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. It's talking about right now. That was a time frame. He, he spoke that, amen, when he come to sit, amen, amen, to sit down. And during this time now, till he returns, and how many know he's returning? Come on, when he returns, amen. And this is what's happening up until then. God is making his enemies his footstool. Hallelujah. Well, then, how does all that happen? Huh? Well, verse 2, all right, verse 2. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. The Lord shall send a rod of your strength. Okay, the word here, uh, rod, is, means scepter. Okay, the word strength, which is all, this is all important here. The word strength means force, power, might, but it uses the words boldness or sway. 
In fact, uh, one translation uh, even uses that in its, in its uh, translation. I think it's the Moffat translation. It says, from Zion comes the scepter of your sway or the scepter of your influence. All right? Now, from Zion, okay? So Zion... Of course, there's the Mount Zion, a lot of times referred to uh, the, the place of God, the city of God, the people of God. Amen. Most of your scholars will agree that that is a symbolic of the church. Okay. The glory of, of Zion, amen, comes from the church. So he says that there is a rod or a scepter of strength or a scepter of influence or sway that's coming out of the church. How is God going to change the world? Through you and me. He uses the church. That's why we have to be involved. That's why we, have to, we, can't, we can't lay back. We can't quit. We can't throw in the towel. We can't run and hide. We can't bury our head in the sand. Can I hear an amen? God wants to use us. Now, that doesn't mean that we all have to do the same things. Please, I ain't asking you to be me, and I ain't looking to be you. Come on, somebody. All I'm asking is do your part. Amen. Be a difference maker. Be, be one that carries influence, sway. Amen. Boldness. The word says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Praise God. That's the way we're supposed to be. He commissioned the disciples to go ye into all the world. Amen. That never changed. It's, and then to go, you go to Matthew's account of, as we read last week, and it says that he, you commission everybody else. The same thing he commissioned them. He says they go out and commission everybody else. So you can't say, well, that's just for the 12. No, because he also commissioned the 70. Come on, somebody. Come on. Same kind of deal with the same kind of authority and dominion. But the Matthew's 28 account of this, of the Great Commission, he said you go tell everybody, all other disciples, what I've told you, and go do it. So we are all commissioned. Amen. So the Lord out of Zion is raising up a scepter of strength or a scepter of influence. Praise God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you and me. Praise God. Amen. Are you still with me? Then it says, rule in the midst of your enemies. Okay. So again, the word enemies, again, foes, adversaries, opposers, literally means uh, in one of the texts it uses enemies of light. Anything that's in an enemy of light is, is considered uh, an, this, this category of enemy, all right? Now, people are not your enemy. There's a lot of people being influenced who are abating uh, the enemy. Come on, somebody. Am I using that word right? I think so. Uh, anyway, uh, so they, they, are, they are being used by the enemy in some capacity. Come on, somebody. But people are not your problem. Come on, somebody. We have one enemy. And no matter what kind of capacity comes, what kind of demonic, dark influence he tries to bring in, it still comes from one source. God good, devil bad. God good, devil bad. Devil bad, God good. Come on, somebody. But it says here, rule in the midst of your enemies. And this, is, you know, to me was good in bringing this up because we have, since the beginning of the year, especially in our, our Sunday services, been talking about being the overcomer that we're called to. Amen. We overcome even in the midst of darkness, even in the midst of, of struggle, even in the midst of demonic influence, even in the midst of darkness. We rule. Amen. What was that? That She said, if you could just get 10%. 
Just a, ah, let's go. We can run this thing. Come on, somebody. Woo. Well, anyway, got myself happy. Hallelujah. Rule in the midst of your enemies. The word rule here means to reign or prevail, to have dominion over or to overcome. Amen. So rule, reign, prevail, have dominion, overcome. Amen. Your enemies. Praise God. Just for the sake of time, let's put Ephesians 1 real quick. Let's read some of these real quick. Ephesians 1 verse 18. Let's kind of go verse 18 through. It says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Verse 19, please. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe. Any believers? Yes. Come on. Okay, according to the working, this is where we're getting to, according to the working of His mighty power, verse 20, says, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand, in heavenly places. So it's just another confirmation. He's been seated. Verse 21 now. Far above. So he's seated, but he's far above all principality, power, might, dominion. All it is is different levels of demonic influence. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Verse 22. Here we go. And he put all things under his feet. And what? And gave him to be head. Everybody say feet. feet. Everybody say head. head. I mean, it's two different things. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Verse 23. The church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. In other words, he's going to work through you. He's the head. We're the body. What are the feet connected to? The body, not the head. Come on, we're the body of Christ. He's the head of the church. Amen. The head of the body. Come on, somebody. The feet are connected to the, to the body. Amen. So that's why he was talking about there in Psalms 110. Amen. That that rule over your enemies. Keep them under your feet. One of the biggest things that happens uh, where the enemy has an inroad many times is just because of the fact that, you know, we, we start getting ourselves depressed or sad or down about something, and pretty soon, next thing you know, he's dictating, he's controlling, and I just want you to know that anytime you give the devil the steering wheel, come on, somebody, I guarantee he'll take you wherever he wants to. If you just even let him in a car, it ain't long, he's got the steering wheel. Come on, somebody. So he says that the, we have to keep them under our feet. Just one more confirmation on that. Put the Romans 16 and verse 20, please. says this, And the God of peace will crush Satan, where? Under your feet. Under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. The point we're trying to make is, all right, he is making his enemies his footstool. Amen. And you are the body. Now, you have to understand it because of where we're going with this, okay? He's working through you. He's using you. Jesus sat down and commissioned you. He said, the same works that I do shall you do, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father which is in heaven. And what did he say? He sent the Holy Ghost. So the power of the Holy Ghost himself is on the inside of you, praise God. So you could go do the same things, the same works. Why? Because it's about influence. It's about being a difference maker. Sometimes the only thing it takes is you to do what the, what the Great Commission said. How about just lay hands on them and pray for them? Well, well I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I could. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. First off, you're not the healer. You're not the healer. 
You're just a vessel that's used by God. And if you just let God use you, you might be amazed at who you influence. Amen. Just taking dominion and authority. Amen. He's not asking you to be their savior. He just wants you to be a representative. Come on, somebody. Well, I thought maybe I'd get a little movement out of that one. I, sorry to bore you here today. Come on now. Put the Philippians 2 and 15 here, all right? It says this, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without falling in the midst. Remember, we rule in the midst of our enemies. In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Somebody said, well, it's just too dark out there. Of course it is. That's why we're here. Well, it's just, oh, it's just ugly out there. I don't want to. Hey, come on now. This is what it's all about. And the people that got used by God, the patriarchs of faith that got used by God, made a decision to make a stand even when the pressure was on. And when they did, God manifested himself. And yeah, they went off and influenced somebody. Praise God. Amen. Even in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And you better believe it is. There's some stupid stuff out there. My goodness. Some people, you want to look at me and go, huh? And you think that's accurate? They, yeah, without light, that's what it is, right? In the dark, you're just groping and feeling and thinking everything you touch is okay or whatever. All right, back to Psalms 110. Psalms 110, verse 3. Are you doing okay? Yeah. All right. Your people, remember now, he's, he's out of Zion, coming a, a scepter of influence, amen, ruling in the midst of their enemies. Your people, he's clarifying it, who he's talking about. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth, your people. So just in case you, you want to know, you're the ones coming out of Zion with influence. There's a scepter of influence. You are the people of God. Amen. You are the ones. Now, what helps make a difference right here? There's two, two key things we're going to look at uh, before we let, let you go here today. The first one is service. The word volunteer here uh, means a willing servant. You just don't do what we did with VBS, Rodeo Bible Camp, uh, what you do in the prison, what you do with Hands Up, or any of these other crews that we've got involved in the nursing home, out on the, uh, the road, uh, picking up out, out there on the road. All those things, none of it could be done if it wasn't for willing servants. Ain't none of it going to get done. And then there'll be no influence going out we had a real blessing. Um, I, 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 I'm not on Facebook, all that stuff, but, um, but I guess somebody from another church, one of the other churches in town, put a big plug in for Word of Victory for the BBS, and uh, it was a pretty, pretty cool statement they made. And so we give God uh, thanks for that, amen, and it has been an honor to, to be a blessing and, and a blessing to their people. Uh, but they went on just about how the, one of the things they said that brought up was the servants, those that serve, they were so amazed. What, what did we say, Kathy, at BBS? 90 helpers? Is that what you said? Or 80? 90? No, over, over 90. Over 90 helpers just to make BBS work. Now, not everybody can be there all the time, 
But that of that 90-some people that came, they made a part. They did something. Come on, somebody. We had stuff that happened prior, stuff that happened during, and still doing. As you can tell, we got a lot of touch-ups and stuff to do yet. <laughs> praise, everybody say, praise God for Phil. You see how I just delegated that again? Amen. No, no. Phil, he always feels the one that he gets on it, man. It's amazing. And others. I mean, we just got some great people that just like to, you know, they want to make sure the house of God looks right. Amen. So we praise God for that. But anyway, the point is, it's willing servants. If it wasn't for volunteers in the day of His power. Now, what's the day of His power? I'm talking about right now. It's at this time that He's making His enemies His footstool. It's now is the day of His power. Right now is what he's talking about. And your people, what makes it work is people willing to serve, people willing to lay down their life a little bit, willing to lay down their time a little bit, willing to go ahead and do something, even though they got a hundred other things they could be doing. We all got stuff we could be doing. I said we all got stuff we could be doing. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power in the beauties of holiness. Let me, let me give you, a, um, let's see here, the amplified of verse, the beginning of this verse says, Your people will offer themselves willingly in the day of your power. Another translation says, Your people will follow you willingly. Another one says, and I think it, uh, I'm not sure if this is the, uh, the Passion Translation or not, I can't remember now. Uh, or the message translation, but he says he referred to his people as love offerings. He referred to his people as love offerings and as living sacrifices. That's you and me. Uh, uh, Romans 12, I might have gave you that one. I don't know if I did. Romans 12 and 1, uh, it brings out that, uh, uh, that we are living sacrifice, right? It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God or the compassion, come on, mercies or the compassion of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is what? Your reasonable service. I mean, gosh, I mean, are you going to heaven or not? I mean, did you get saved from hell? Are you even glad about it? I mean, or you just got fire insurance? I mean, what's, what's the deal? Is anybody in here grateful they're saved? Anybody in here grateful that they're going to heaven? Anybody in here grateful for a Savior? Anybody in here grateful for the blood of Jesus? Is there anybody in here that's grateful for the price that was paid? It's your reasonable service. We're not asking you to do everything. We're just asking you to do something. Amen. And again, we're grateful for all those that did. And so this isn't a rebuke. This is, we're grateful. But it's what, it's the, it's that 90 plus people that help in VBS that make it work. Rod, how many uh, helpers you got? 80, 80 with Rodeo Bible Camp that helped. So it's the 80, amen, that are willing to volunteer their time. Come on, somebody, that makes it work. And the handful of folks that help us in the prison is what makes it work. Hands up. How many we got with hands up? I bet, you know, what, a couple dozen folks that get involved in that? Amen. It's what makes it work. If it wasn't for that, it wouldn't happen. I said it wouldn't happen. 
Okay, and there's all kinds. We don't, we don't do everything. We're not saying our church is, is better than any other church. We're just saying the stuff that we do, we give God praise, amen, for all the people willing to roll up their sleeves and get after it, praise God. That's it. It's what makes it work. It's our reasonable service, amen. And we're operating by the mercies or by the compassion of God to be a difference maker. Still with me? All right, praise God. Back to Psalms 110 and verse 3 again. And it says, in the beauties of holiness, okay? All right, the passage, or pardon me, the Passion Translation says this, in the brightness of your holy ones you will shine. That's how it brings it out. In the brightness, in other words, as they're doing what they're doing, it's in the brightness. Amen. It's in their bright. In other words, they're being an example, exemplifying, shining, amen, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And because of that, they are truly being the light. Come on, somebody. You were called out of the dark, amen, called into the light. Now you're children of the light, praise God, amen. And we are not only the salt of the earth, we're the light of the earth, praise God. We make a difference, praise God. And it's His light that gets seen Praise God through you and me. Now, the next part of this verse says this. It says, in the, in the beauty of holiness from the womb of the morning, or from the matrix, that word means, of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. Now, the word matrix, we're not talking about Keanu Reeves and all that, amen, although, amen. All right, so anyway, the point is, we're talking about the word matrix, or this word womb here, okay, it means uh, place or environment from which something else originates. Okay, it is the place or environment. Everybody say place. Everybody say environment. The place or environment from which something else originates. What's it talking about? It's talking about presence. See, the whole thing he's trying to say here, he says, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, speaking about every morning you have the dew of your youth or rejuvenated Renewed strength. Come on, somebody. In fact, uh, the New Living Translation says that your strength, amen, will be renewed each day like the morning dew. Amen. Amen. One translation says your strength, or pardon me, your anointing. There it is. Your anointing will be renewed each day like the morning dew. Anointing. Now, the word anointing, just for real quick, put, the, put Isaiah 10 up there and... Uh, uh, Verse 27, this is where we get our definition of anointing. Okay, just for those that, you know, a lot of times we make a quote and a lot of people wonder where did that come from? Well, verse 27 says that it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Come on, somebody. So anytime the anointing's in full force, it's burden removing, yoke destroying power. So what he's saying is if you will just... Keep yourself renewed morning by morning by His presence. Amen. By the matrix, out of the matrix, out of the womb. Hallelujah. We have renewed strength every day. God isn't asking you to do any of this in your power. He's trying to help you every day. But if you will stay renewed every day, morning by morning, I guarantee you will be able to do any form of evangelism. You'll be able to reach beyond, do more than you ever thought you could do, do more than you ever dreamed possible. Why? Because every day you're being empowered. Amen. Every day, praise God, that anointing begins to intensify, burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. Praise God. 
Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I first started off, man, they died on me when I prayed for them. No kidding. I was starting to think I had a special anointing. So I'd go in, you want me to pray for you? Sure. I said, every time they pray for them, they die. They go, oh, no, 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 don't pray for them. No, no. At first, it didn't seem like I was getting results. But I kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. Pretty soon, you started getting results. Come on, somebody. You stay with it, praise God. Why? Because every day, morning by morning, out of the presence of God, out of the womb of the morning, out of the matrix of the morning, amen, praise God, comes a renewed strength, comes a renewed anointing, a renewed, hallelujah, vigor and fire, praise God, to keep on going. Amen. Can I hear a big amen? Come on, somebody. Woo! Hallelujah. And the thing to understand is God is not looking for you to do any of this in your own power. Okay, verse, uh, verse, Psalms 110, verse 4 now, all right? Because it isn't just service that works, all right? The Lord has sworn and will not relent. The Amplified says He will not reverse it or change it. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, talking about the Lord. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Are you hearing me? Okay, the, some translate after the order of Melchizedek, okay, according to the order of Melchizedek, okay. Now, the word order uh, means uh, in the same manner of or for the same reason of. So, in other words, we're saying that God is saying about the Lord, uh, talking about placement and purpose. He says, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, real quick, I'm not going to go into a huge teaching on this, but the bottom line is this. In, in Genesis 14, we see just a few verses that talks about this man named Melchizedek. And we only know a few things about him. It is then confirmed and repeated and, and brought into some more light in chapter 7 of Hebrews. All right? And what we know about his placement and his purpose. We know this, okay? And they sent me and confirmed that Jesus had the same placement and same purpose. Okay? First, placement. He was of God. He was the high priest of God Most High. God was the one that placed him. That's all we know about Melchizedek. We don't know anything about his genealogy. We know nothing about it. Amen. And all we know is God placed him as high priest. Jesus came in that order and was declared forever a high priest. Amen. After that order. Come on, somebody. He was placed by God. He will not relent. He'll not pull it back. He will not change it. Jesus will always be the high priest, amen, of God. Always, amen. So he came in the order of Melchizedek. So not only placement, but purpose. The only other thing that we know about Melchizedek is the fact that at the time of Abraham, when Abraham came back in after the spoils, he gave a 10%, the tithe, unto Melchizedek as the high priest. He received the tithe and turned then and blessed the tither. Jesus came in that order. And that's another one of them verses that gets repeated a half a dozen times in Scripture. So not only was God, not only did God place Jesus, 
He has made him after the same order of Melchizedek. And we know by Hebrews 7, amen, he is still receiving the tithe and still blessing the tither. That has never changed. Somebody said, well, tithing's old covenant. Well, they obviously ain't never read the new covenant. So the tithe, all right? So the point being made in context of this psalm, all right, that part of that influence that's out there is not just service, but substance. You look across the board at any ministry that's doing anything, okay? It took people doing it and people supporting it, period. Without it, it don't go nowhere. Are you still with me? I'm not mad. Did I sound mad? I'm kind of a little tense at the moment, but all right. So the point is this. It takes people giving and people serving to make this work. If it wasn't for that, we spend thousands of dollars to, to put stuff on the walls, to do all kinds of things, build things, do things, throw out candy, give them gifts, do all kinds of stuff, what it takes to, to put the little stuff in their hands so they know, given dates, and all the stuff you do, everything they do at Rodeo Bible Camp, all the other outreaches, it takes fuel, it takes time, it takes energy, it takes literature, it takes all kinds of stuff, and if it wasn't for the faithful giving of people, we wouldn't see any of it. The rest of this psalm goes on to talk about uh, him making his enemies his footstool. But how it operates and how it's done is through service and through giving. And I want to say this before I let you go. I know we've gone a few minutes over. <clears throat> the quickest way to change people is to influence their heart and change their heart. You change their heart, lives get changed. How do you do that? Through influence, period. Through influence. Somehow or another, it's through influence. Another person, another thing, or literature, whatever, something they heard, something they read, something they seen, somebody said. Somehow or another, influence then, empowered somebody, brought a change, and their life now is forever different because somebody influenced them. But I want to bring something else to your attention. One of the quickest ways to change your life to cause you to overcome most areas of your life that need overcome comes through these two sources, through service and through giving. It is phenomenal. When you learn, amen, to get beyond yourself, start serving and helping others, get you off your mind. Believe me, Jesus has you on his mind. He'll take good care of you. Amen. But when you get you off your mind and you're willing to serve and you're willing to give, come on, somebody, it is amazing how many areas of your life you instantly overcome. Some of that stuff just falls off. Most of the time when I see people that got the struggles, these ongoing struggles, and here we go around the mulberry bush again, you know, on and on and on. I just want to say, would you please just get involved? Would you serve? Would you give? Do something. Get you off your mind. Man, you'd be amazed at how all of a sudden you just start thinking about somebody else, serving somebody else, amen, giving to help support something, and all of a sudden there comes that darkness falls off, that thing falls off, that thing falls off. You'd be amazed at how free you can be 
when you get you off your mind. I tried. I was close. Hallelujah. Did you get something today? Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Watch y'all stand up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I say this out of thanksgiving. All right. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the willingness to serve. I'm thankful for the willingness to support things and get behind things. Um, I'm grateful. Um, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm blessed and honored to be the pastor of this church. Um, um, over the years, I've had a lot of, you know, got to know a lot of ministers in the area. And, of course, we have a lot of, you know, ministers that come through. And, and uh, they, almost all of them will agree that your workforce is next to none. And I praise God for that. Amen. Praise God for your willingness to serve. And, um, and I believe, uh, I'd like to think it's because you've been trained well. But you get you off your mind. <laughs> Watch that. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, I, I'd like to think, praise God, amen, by being around, amen, uh, a people of God who are willing to serve, it stirs that in you. Amen. But all I do know is this, that there are many a minister that are grateful for what the Word of Victory crew will do. In fact, most of them, they all want you involved. So every outreach or event that's going on, they really hope Word of Victory gets connected with it. Amen. Well, you know, if God led, we'll do that. Amen. But so my point with that is just to say, I say this not out of a rebuke. I say this out of, out of really more of a thanksgiving. And I'm grateful for your willingness to serve, and I'm grateful for your willingness to support it. Amen. And because of that, we do reach around the world. We do, amen, reach beyond our own four walls. Come on, somebody. Yes. And we're seeing some things happen. For that, we give God praise. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise. Come on now. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. Thank you for this people uh, that they had an ear to hear and a heart to receive today. Thank you, Lord God, for really just their faithfulness and commitment and dedication to the ministry. Lord God, to reaching beyond themselves. Father, I give you praise for each and every one of them. And thank you, Lord God. Amen. Taking us higher. Taking us beyond where we were. Make us those, those difference makers that we're called to be. Amen. Where we're, we're reaching beyond our, our own communities even. Praise God. Reaching beyond our own four walls. And Father, I give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.